Well, good morning, everyone. What a great way to start the new year. Um, hopefully you all are just as excited as, as I am about this. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I have to preach at this point. Uh, both, both of them gave such amazing uh, testimonies and really uh, proclaimed the gospel through it all. And so uh, we're just excited for where God's going to take both you, uh, Christian, and Joy. And uh, we are excited to be a part of it as your church family. Uh, I realize that there's uh, probably a number of guests here today in support of, of those that were getting baptized. And so we just want to say a warm welcome to you. My name is Del, one of the pastors here at the church. And I understand, too, we have quite a few people online as well watching uh, from all over the world. So uh, we love technology and we love to be able to uh, stay connected while we are away or while there's uh, physical distance. But it is good to gather together and to see all of you here this morning. How many of you uh, have had a, a good year so far? <laughs> I hope you all are raising your hands. I mean, <laughs> if you didn't know, it's the second day of the new year. So, um, uh, but you know, it is it is the new year, and there's really something about uh, a new year. It's, it feels like something kind of shifts, um, and you know, I'm sure many of us maybe you were gathered with family or with friends and in different places. Um, how you brought in the new year? Um, how many brought it in sleeping? Admit, yeah, it's a couple. Okay. Yeah, we were kind of, we weren't really watching, like, glued to the TV or anything. We were kind of like, oh, wait, it's past 12. We should say Happy New Year now. So, uh, but we were all awake and, and having a good time. Um, how many went out somewhere special or perhaps had people over? Anybody? Nobody? Just a few people. Okay. Everybody else just stayed home? Did anybody stay home? How many people are here this morning? Just raise your hand. Okay. All right. Good. So I want to make sure I'm not alone. Uh, how many counted down the seconds? How many watched online and do you do the whole like countdown and celebrate and everything? Yeah. Um, how many sang the New Year's song and actually understood all the words of it and can say them all? You know the song I'm talking about? I don't even. I, yeah. Have you ever actually stopped to pronounce all the words and everything? I think most of us are all like, you know, we're all like just kind of. Yeah, I don't even, I did actually Google it and looked up what it meant and I was going to share that with you, but I, I didn't want to actually follow through on that today. So, um, but there's something, you know, that again, there's sort of like this, we, there's this magic, right, that kind of takes place when that, that clock strikes midnight and you're in that first second, that first moment of the new year. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, there's, uh, there's something about it. And then I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of times what happens, then I go to sleep, right? And then I wake up the next day, and, and for me, I don't know about for you, but it kind of like, the magic fades kind of quick, <laughs> right? You go out to start your car after the, the snowfall or something, and it doesn't start, and it seems like really quick kind of life kicks back in, doesn't it? And, you know, we're kind of like, man, there's, where, where'd it go? Where'd the, where'd the, the new year, where'd the magic, where'd the, that fresh feeling go? And it's not uncommon, though, is it? I mean, if you've ever had the, the privilege of buying a new vehicle or maybe a, a new used vehicle, you know, and you get in, there's that smell when you first get in there and everything's fresh, but it, it fades with time. After a few weeks, you just get into the car and you're going and you're not really thinking about it. Or, or maybe, you know, for a lot of us, we start out the new year and this is, this is going to be the new me this year, right? Maybe you get a fresh haircut, or you, you know, you're going to go to the gym, and things are going to change, or you're going to do something different, and it's going to be new, but, and again, I'll just speak for myself. Sadly, I know I just don't follow through very long with it, right? Things begin to fade, and we begin to get kind of back in the grind, and it just, it's just another day, and it's just, we're just in another year. But, again, as we look at that and, and think about what it is to have something new, so oftentimes that newness fades so quickly, 
fades so quickly. And that is the, the case, and that's just a fact with the things here on earth, with the things that, that we as people, we as man, and, and we as mankind, we make things or we do things, and it just, it's in our nature. Just things fade. You think about the most beautiful building that was, you know, there can be a new building, a new archi- you know, some architectural wonder, but it just begins to fade with time, doesn't it? Unless it's maintained. Well, the good news is there is a, a new out there that doesn't fade. There is something new out there that, that can bring life and it can last everlasting and, and it doesn't get tarnished. And t- today's message I've titled The Good News of 2022, meaning there are three news that I want to share with you, new, new things, if you will, that do not fade, that we can hold on to for all time. First, those three things, let me just kind of uh, just touch them really briefly, is, is there is actually a, a new birth, right? As believers, we have a new birth that we can experience that doesn't fade the next day, that doesn't fade with time. And then there's a, a new walk that we can have as well. There's a new walk when we begin to walk out our life with Jesus uh, that it doesn't fade away, and we can be distracted at times, but it's always there, it's always present. And there's also finally a new goal. There's, there should be a new destination. There's a new place that we want to go or get to, and we always need to keep that on the horizon. So I'm just going to touch briefly. I know, again, there are, many of you are guests, and I appreciate your patience and uh, spending this Sunday with us, and, and it's a very special occasion, obviously. You know, the water baptisms today, as, as both of them, I believe, mentioned, it's, it's a significant event. It's something, again, that we, they're not saved by that, but it is, a, it is a public representation of what has taken place in them, what has happened inside of them, and as they have, have gained new life in Christ Jesus. And so, again, the, the going down and, and dying to everything and then being raised up in new life with Jesus Christ. And what better way to start a new year? What better way for us as a church to start a new year? than to, to be reminded, for many of us in this room who profess Jesus as Lord and Savior, to be reminded what it is to come into new life. Again, you don't have to go far, and I, I feel like far too often, and, and Joy was touching on this even when she was getting you know, pulled into to the social media world so deeply, and how quickly we can forget the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. That we don't have to sit there and watch the things of the world and where the world is headed and stand there helplessly. We know that we have new life. We know the ending to it all, don't we? We know what happens at the end. And so, you know, we need to be reminded of these things. And so today, uh, I'm, I'm going to just touch through a few passages of Scripture. And I want to begin in the Gospel of John. And in John chapter 3, we, we see a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And I, I love this, this picture. I, I love this image. If you guys have watching, uh, watching, that's a word for, for 2022. That's the act of watching is now watching, or in the past. Um, if you've watched uh, The Chosen uh, series at all, in that, uh, that's one of the most powerful scenes is when the, the actor that, that uh, portrays Nicodemus comes and sits with Jesus. And to, to, to see, you know, here's this religious leader. Here's this man, you know, who's really given his entire life towards following God and, 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 and you know, hitting every single aspect of the law. Yet he recognizes Jesus for who he is, but he's struggling. 
He has questions and he's, he's wondering and he's, you see this battle between the things of the world and his status and everything he is as a Pharisee and, and yet he, he truly believes Jesus is who he says he is. And so there's this conversation and, and if you read at the beginning of the Gospel of John, it says that, that he comes to him and, and it's by night so that, that people don't see that he's come to Jesus, that he's, he's concerned. But he comes to Jesus and, and this part, I don't think will be on the screen, but I'll kind of roll up into verse 3 where I want us to hit. But he, he says this to Jesus. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And I want to ask you a question, or ask you a question. Did you hear a question in that? There's, there's not a question, is there? There's a statement. But for some reason, it just it struck me, and I, I'm not going to d dive deep here, but it says Jesus answered him. Okay, so Jesus comes in right away and he says this to that that statement says Jesus answers and says this truly truly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God and Nicodemus says to him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's room and be born and Jesus answered truly truly I say to you Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. I thank you for, again, this, this, this beginning of the new year as we've celebrated, Lord, with, with water baptism. And, and God, as we look ahead to, to what may lie uh, before us in 2022, God, we want to do so uh, with, with you in full focus, Lord. We start today, even, even the way we've done worship today, Lord God, very simple, just the, hearing the voices uh, raising up and, and proclaiming you as Lord and Savior today, God. God, let that be our song throughout this year. Let you be at the forefront. Let us not be distracted, Lord, by the things of this world. But God, let us see clearly, Lord, who it is that we are serving. God, I pray for this, these next few moments together, God, that you would uh, minister to our hearts, Lord, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so here we have Jesus. And if, if I can be so bold, typically, you know, the Bible as a whole is the word of God. I don't want to get myself into trouble here, but when the, the words are in red, okay, if you're going to start somewhere, start with those if they're in the Bible and they're in red. If Jesus is saying it, if it's from Jesus' mouth, pay very close attention. And so he is saying, again, very clearly that we must be born again, truly, truly. Again, that's not like a typo and, oh, we put two words there by accident. There is a very profound statement. Anytime you read truly, truly in the scripture, you need to pause and say, there's something very important coming on the other side of this. I need to listen. And from that, he goes into and he says, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, you don't have to go very far on the Internet to find something that may say something different. We are living in a time, I, maybe I don't want to say like never before, but maybe it is, where it just seems like whatever you works for you will get you to heaven. I, I forget the exact number, but I, I believe it's up in the close to 70%, right around there. 70% of, of evangelicals within the church are now saying that there, there are multiple ways to, to God. 
I, I don't know how, it's kind of a weird statement, <laughs> because how can you, are they truly evangelical, are they truly Christians? But that's another, another time, but... You know, we're getting to this place, and here's Jesus saying to Nicodemus, this, this man who, again, is a Pharisee who, who, who follows the law, if you will, uh, to the T. And so here, you know, Nicodemus is struggling. And then Jesus comes a second time and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is saying that there is a significant event. There is something spiritually that takes place where you are born again. You are made new. And coming back to where we started initially today with, you know, this, this starting over, this fresh start of the new year. Really, that, that is the significant, most significant place that you can start is with your walk with God. And saying yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because when we receive Christ, our lives truly become new, don't they? Thank you. Some of you got it. <laughs> Amen. Does our situation change? Does everything around us just, you know, the sun comes up every morning, just at the same time, the birds are chirping as you walk, the flowers are coming up out of the ground, and, you know, music is singing, the angels, everything is in tune, and does that happen? Did it happen for anybody? Because otherwise I missed the train. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? But something happens here, doesn't it? Something takes place where now we see things from a different perspective. We see things as Jesus sees things. We see things with a fresh, with fresh eyes. And so this is what Jesus is talking about, and this is what a new birth is. And so for us as believers, as followers of Christ Jesus, we again, we need to remember that we have new life in Christ Jesus. But would any of people around us know it if we didn't say something? <laughs> and I'm not picking on you today. I'm, I'm picking on myself more than anything. Maybe I'm picking on you a little bit, but it's... It's so easy to get derailed, isn't it? It can become overwhelming. And we forget that, wow, I'm, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have become new. You know, what, what Satan wants to dish and, and, and serve up to us as this is all you have, it's like, no, I no, that doesn't, no, that's not what it says here in Scripture. I don't need to accept that. And so it begins, we begin with new birth. Once we experience that new birth, then, and this is probably where most of us here in this room and watching online land, is now we have to figure out what it is to walk, <laughs> a, a, a new walk and what that looks like, to walk our lives out with Christ. You know, I, I'm surprised, you know, my son, my youngest, Levi, he's five months now and he's not walking, in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be here today if he was, but he, uh, you know, all of our other kids, you know, they get to that place, right? It's, it's, he's starting to roll over a little bit, and, you know, the, the, it's kind of nice when they're real young because you can kind of, you know, set them down, and if you need to walk away for a second, you know they're going to be there when you come back. But once they start getting mobile, it all changes, right? But it's so fascinating to me watching a child learn, learn to walk for the first time, right? And, you know, it's kind of unstable and kind of takes a couple steps and sits down and takes a couple steps and maybe I help him sit down because I'm not ready for him to walk quite yet. I can't confirm or deny that, but you know, it's something special. And for a lot of us, you know, when we first are saved, 
We're made new here, but then, then there's a process of learning what it is to walk out our lives as believers, as followers of Christ. I mean, the disciples themselves who literally walked with Jesus <laughs> even struggled in some areas, didn't they? It took them a while to get it right, and here they are spending day after day, moment after moment with Jesus himself, and they're struggling. And so for us, too, you know, in a lot of ways, the new birth is kind of the easy part, at least for us. Remember that the hard part of giving birth lies with the one bringing about the new birth. So don't misunderstand that Jesus paid an ultimate price, a terrific price, so that we can have that new life with Christ. But it is the one that is giving the birth that really bears the burden. And, and all the moms in here said, amen, amen. We love you, and I'm so glad. <laughs> I've watched it, and I'm like, praise the Lord. You, God, you created women in a very special way, because I would have been crying a long time ago. We, you know, we were joking around, me and a couple of the guys here, about you know, when we get like a little cold or something. Right? Everybody knows that? Everybody's going like this now. Yeah, as men, as husbands, we just like, we're done, you know. I've got like a drippy nose, and I'm up on the couch, you know, I need to bring me food and, you know, serve me because I can't move, you know. And my wife, you know, she's like drippy nose, headache, you know, missing an arm, and she's still like vacuuming and taking care of the kids and, you know, doesn't say a word and puts dinner on the table. But, yeah, there's, there's really something about, again, what it is, and we cannot lose sight of what it costs for our new birth. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 23, Paul writes, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And now here's the contrast, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, or peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we see here that there are two ways to walk, right? There are two ways that we can walk out our lives here on earth. No matter who you are on this planet, you are walking in one of these ways. In the Spirit... Or in the flesh. Now, again, I don't think we have to roll out, you know, the Greek on this to, to understand that those, those lists are very different, aren't they? Those, those, those things that we see listed out. In verse uh, 22, again, we see the, the fruit of the Spirit. Notice there's no S on there. There's no fruits. <laughs> it's not a buffet. It's, it's you have these or you don't. And you know, it's, it's funny, sarcastically, not funny. It's, um, you know, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and somebody professes to be a follower of Christ, <laughs> you know, and we see them, and again, we're not, none of us are perfect, but 
they, maybe they have three out of four or three out of whatever the list, you know. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, but maybe they're not very gentle. Or maybe they don't have much self-control. Again, I think we're always growing in these areas. I think sometimes we're doing better maybe in, in, than others. Maybe by our just human nature, I think we're inclined to struggle maybe with some of those where we have to die to ourselves a lot. But I, I've said this before, and it, it drives me nuts when people say, well, that's just the way they are. Or that's just the way I am. You know, that's, that's an excuse, right? <laughs> It's an excuse because what it's saying is like, well, I've got all these, but that area, you know, it's just, that's just who I am. They mean well, he means well, she means well, or don't take it like that. It's like, well, I, I mean, I read scripture. <laughs> and again, I, I'm not standing up here as one who nails every one of these every single day, you know. When you've got kids crying and a puppy going to the bathroom on your floor, you know, my self-control I wish the puppy would have had self-control a minute ago, but um, so I'm not saying we're perfect, but don't, we can't let ourselves off the hook either. We have to recognize that, you know what, God, I, I need you in this area. I need to die to myself and, and admit, uh, I think it was Christian that mentioned, you know, it's, it's, it's that pride, right? How many people in here have no pride in their life? Ah, you guys are paying attention. Good job. Proud of your humility. No, um, <laughs> it's, it's hard, it, it is hard. It, it's hard to admit and to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I see this in myself and, and I, I don't like it. It's easier to just kind of squint a little bit and to make, like I said, those excuses. But again, God has not called us to do that. God has told us to walk by the Spirit and so the way, you know, we find victory over, over the things of the flesh, because that's what, what's always there, isn't it? It's our flesh nature that wants to come out. It's, it's, it's that, that sin nature that comes from Adam. It's in us, you know, because our flesh has not been made new, right? We're made new in our spirit. But there's, this, there's always these desires that, that want to kind of come up. And, you know, the way we find victory over those things, the, the flesh and the, the things of this world, is not necessarily by not doing them. It is more so by making sure we are doing the, the things we're supposed to by living by the fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Because it's kind of, you know, I don't, anybody in here played an instrument or not, or if you've, you've done anything like that. You know, I remember uh, I used to play trombone. I was, you know, it was a wonderful experience. And um, I did learn guitar eventually, though, because you can't really serenade a girl, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe there's three of you out there, I don't know. But like, you know, hey, let's check out this, you know. <laughs> it just doesn't, it's cooler with a guitar. But, um, you know, when you learn an instrument or you're practicing, what they always tell you is they say, you know, you wanna practice the right notes, right? They tell you to slow it down, Right? Those of you who do music, you know, nod at me and make sure I'm telling this right. But they tell you to go to the pace where you can hit the notes, the right timing and everything else. You don't want to speed up if it's piano, you know, and you're playing and you have to kind of stop and figure out some notes. You want to go because the way you learn it is the way you play it. Right? And so it's really important that you learn it the right way, that you do it the right way. And as you do that, you, you will not do the wrong parts. Right? And, and really, that's kind of what's being said here. I think so often, 
For many of us, we're so focused, like, I can't do that, or I've got to make sure I don't do that. But I think if we focus more on what we're supposed to do, what God has called us to do, what's in front of us, you know, what, what, what we, we know to be right. Again, I keep using, because they just gave me so much material earlier, but, you know, Joy mentioned, you know, it's about, you know, when she got back into the Word of God. And even when she wasn't, and, and that's, that, that could be any of us in here, when we struggle, you know, when, when we close our Bibles, and then we wonder why we get ourselves into trouble, right? We need to be doing what we're supposed to do, and so often, and 99.9% .9 of the time, that will keep you moving the way you need to. So when those temptations come, or those things that want to distract us, we just kind of walk right by because we're focused and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so we need to remember that as we, we take on this new walk. In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Again, there's this imagery, there's this imagery in our minds and, and that's being presented in the scripture of this walk. We're walking it out. And to, to imitate God, to imitate Jesus Christ. When you have kids, they, 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 they imitate you, don't they? I see it all the time in my kids. They copy you. They want to do what you do, even, even without when you're not realizing it. You know, it's sometimes good, sometimes it's not good, right? <laughs> they are a reflection of us. And that's the same way we're supposed to be walking out with Jesus is we're supposed to be, you know, be imitators and, and seeing him. And as we pursue him and be, want to be like him, we walk things out the right way. In Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 14, it says, Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone and the day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. That just stands on its own, doesn't it? That is a powerful passage and it is a powerful image that we see, that we put on Christ. And if, if you've heard before that, that whole, you know, like I use the Disneyland with the Mickey Mouse illustration. You, know, you put on that suit, the person inside is now taking on the benefits of Mickey Mouse, right? They're loved because of that suit that they're wearing, not because they themselves are great. And that's really that picture of, of Jesus, putting on Jesus. And what, did, what does that mean for us? But I love what he starts with there. He says, you know, he says for us to wake from our sleep. Church, too many of us, and too many of us, not just us in this room, but the church as, in, in, as a whole, and in America and around the world, too many of us are walking around sleeping. And if the last two years haven't woken you up, <laughs> we got a long 2022 ahead of us. <laughs> Things are, are moving. Things are shifting. And that shouldn't scare you as much as it should wake you up and bring you to a soberness that it's time to, to, to get things right. It's time to get into the Word of God. It's time to get on our knees and to put our hope in Christ alone and to walk this out. Not, I'm going to try not to preach, but I'm a pastor and I'm preaching, so I guess I can. 
listen, <laughs> you know, back in the day, there, you know, we, there were songs like I'll Fly Away, right? Again, love that song. Used to sing it. Our church sang it. It's a great song. But we, we call them escape songs, right? And if you're not careful, you can get in this place where you're like, you know what? We're just going to hunker down. We're just going to hold on for dear life. And someday either we're going to die and go to heaven or, you know, Christ is going to come back and take us all out of here, right? Listen, <laughs> have you read in Scripture, you know, what talks about putting on the armor of God? That imagery comes from the Roman army. <laughs> if you had done any studying of history, you would see the Roman army did not cower from anyone. When that army came, the, whole, the ground would shake. They wouldn't even have to really fight some battles because when they were coming, they would intimidate their, their enemies so much, they would run. And that's the imagery that's given for us as Christians is that, you know, don't buy this mess. That we're just supposed to hunker down and, Lord, just sustain me until you get back or until you take me. Can I tell you something? We have a mission that we are called to do. Can I tell you something else? There are people all around us, maybe even in this room, that are dying and they are on their way to hell. They need to hear the good news. Their New Year's resolution or their, their good news has already worn off this morning when they woke up. Ours hasn't. We have it here, and we have a calling, and we have a responsibility to carry that message to those who need to hear it. So don't misunderstand me. When you see these things, yes, you know, like, wow, it, it should sober us. And listen, I'm not saying I, I'm not ever afraid of something, okay? I mean, for me, it was something, I've got four, four kids. <laughs> Have you looked at the world around us? <laughs> but you know what? Jesus is greater. Amen. Jesus loves those kids more than I could ever imagine. And we need to be reminded, church, that we serve an almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, everlasting God. There's no, there's no, like, when there's good versus evil, it's not like they're equally matched. No. God has a plan, and there's a time that's set, and, and he's, everything is being worked out just as he has ordained it. But he's doing and he's carrying out his will and his purpose and his plan. How? Through his people, through his church. So I, standing before you today, standing here in this moment at the start of 2022 as your senior pastor, I will assure you as long as I'm standing here, we will continue to put our face forward as flint and move forward into whatever is ahead. And we will not turn back, we will not cower down, and we will be the church that you read about in the New Testament. Amen? Amen. 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 That's where we're headed. Amen. That was my second point. Finally, we have new life, we have a new, we have a new birth, we have a new walk, and lastly, we should have a new goal. We should have, where are our eyes focused? Where are we headed? Where are we going? Uh, again, as many of you know, you know I, I served in the military, and I remember when we 
I deployed to Iraq, and we had to go to Kuwait first, and we had to get all of our equipment, and then we had to go on a three-day drive. We, it took us three days, which really isn't that far, but we had to drive by night with the night vision goggles and all that stuff. And the interesting thing is, you know, I had never been to Baghdad. It wasn't on my top, you know, tourist places to go check out, my top five, four, three, one, nothing like that. Um, so I didn't know where Baghdad was as far as, you know, I knew on a map, but I didn't know how to get there. And I didn't know what it looked like other than what I'd seen in pictures. I had not been there. But the interesting thing is, is, is when we were traveling, again, it's, I don't know, you know, traveling by night is very interesting. I'll just put it that way. And, you know, we're driving along. And the, 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 the thing that was good, we got this briefing, and they, they laid out for us what are called waypoints, Right? And those waypoints, what they were is, you know, we would, we would hit those marks, and if we hit those marks, we knew we were headed the right way. We knew we were headed towards the right destination. And so we would, you know, hit those points, and then we'd pull into a, called a forward operating base, a FOB, and we would stay there during the day until night came again, then we would drive some more. But we would hit these markers so that we knew that we were headed in the right way. I really think that as Christians, as, as followers of Christ, if we're not careful, we, we, can, we can misunderstand a waypoint as our destination. We can, you know, we're, we're moving towards what God has called us to. We're moving towards, if nothing else, eternity with God. But I want to back that down a bit. What has God called you to do? You know, we heard about Paul, and Paul has gotten this opportunity to go intern. And, and, you know, that's something he prayed about, I'm sure, and he felt like God was calling him to that. Is that, can I say that? And so he knows that God has put that, and so now he's taking that step. That's, that's his waypoint, but I promise you this, and I don't want to speak for you, but, you know, he's nodding at me so far. But that is not his destination. That is the next marker for his life. And as he does that, it completes that. I am confident that God is going to show him what the next waypoint is for his life. And it may be to stay at that church. I don't know. I'm not saying that. But, but he will experience that and discover that by stepping out and going to that point. But it's not necessarily, you know, that he's just going to go hunker down. and Well, that's, this is where I'm at for the rest of my life. Unless God calls him to that. So my question to you today, church, is, is have you gotten stuck at the waypoint? Have you lost sight of your goal, this, this goal that should be very clear, what God has put either in front of you or has revealed to you at some point? In Philippians 3, verses 13 through 14, it says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, I love this, forgetting what lies behind, <laughs> Listen to this wording. And straining forward to what lies ahead. It may require a little bit of work. Okay? I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul had so much from his past to brag about, didn't he? He, was, he did everything to the T. He was respected, his, his reputation, he was born. I mean, he lists out his resume in the scripture, that, you know, and it's, it's, it's incredible. He was the man. <laughs> and so, again, he has all of this stuff to, to brag about. And yet when Christ showed up on the Damascus, when Jesus showed up on the Damascus road and knocked him off his, his horse and... You know, he spoke to him and called him. 
suddenly, you know, those things that even were successes, now he had much to be ashamed of, didn't he? He persecuted Christians. He was present when Stephen was stoned. But yet Paul here is saying he has chosen to forget it all, both good and the bad. Sometimes I wonder if, if the good stuff is maybe harder. <laughs> Sometimes I think we can get our successes, right? Where we're like, you know what? Yeah, I did that pretty well. But, but Paul here is saying it's all, it's all wash. It's all gone. Sins, failures, victories, all of it. He says he forgets it. It's gone. But he strains forward to what lies ahead, and he presses on to the goal. Paul understood that he must forget everything that could hinder him. Do you remember Nicodemus when we started today? And again, I think, I think that, that series, The Chosen, depicts it so well and I don't want to give anything away, but I'm going to. It's, you know, he, I love the way that he showed up. And again, they take some liberties. We don't know exactly how it went down. But, you know, they're getting ready to head out with Jesus. And Nicodemus is there, and he leaves his bag of money. But he's standing around the corner. And, as, and Jesus is looking around. I'm sure Jesus knew where he was hiding. And then they turned and they walked away. And Nicodemus just stood there just weeping. And he just crumpled down. Because he couldn't get past all of his status. He couldn't get past all that he would have to leave behind to follow Christ, even though he knew Jesus was who he said he was. And if I can there, I love that image too, like, you know, the money, the bag of money. Jesus doesn't want your money, church, people. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. He wants to know that you'll go to the ends of the earth with him, that you'll follow him anywhere. And I promise you that will be more fulfilling than any amount of money you will ever make on this earth. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. So what is your ultimate goal today, church? What is our ultimate goal? What are our are, are waypoints? Because they're good. Waypoints are good. But we need to keep moving. Has, has, did your goal ever change when you became a Christian? Maybe you started out on a path or started towards something and you came to Christ and, and maybe just kind of by nature you just kept moving towards whatever it was. But maybe, maybe God is calling you to something else. Man, thanks, Christian. You guys gave me all kinds of stuff. Right? You went to school. You thought you had it figured out, right? And God did something different. Now you're headed a different direction, right? To ministry, right? To pastor, to come on staff. No, I'm just kidding. We won't get too far ahead. Um, no, but, you know, God does that. There was a day when God called me to ministry. I thought I was going to be some business guy in a big city somewhere, you know, wearing a suit every day. That'd be boring. No. Sorry if any of you do that, but I um, got myself in trouble on that one probably. No, but God has called you to do that, I hope, if that is where you're at. So whatever it is God has called you to do, do it. Follow it and be faithful. Stop and check in and say, God, is this what you've called me to do? But are you willing to forget the past to press on toward what you are being called to. As we bring this to all to a close today, and again, I, as we start this new year, I just wanted to start from the right place. Well, Pastor Dell, you know, we, we know how to come to Jesus. We know, you know, what that is. You know, 
No, you know what? We need to be, one, reminded. Two, I don't know where all of you are at today. Maybe you're a Nicodemus. Maybe you've gone to church all your life, but you have yet to experience relationship with Jesus Christ. If not now, when? <laughs> That's my question. How bad does it have to get? What more does he have to do? What more does he have to prove than what he did on the cross for you and for me? You see, we're left with two options today. We can ignore the truths that, have come, that we've come to know and wonder why we keep getting things wrong. Why does it keep just working out the way it does? And now again, I'm not saying that if you ask any person here that's a Christian, that doesn't mean life goes perfectly. But the thing is, when we follow Christ, we always have hope in every situation. When the diagnosis is cancer, or when we lose that child, or whatever the, whatever the case, there's always hope in Christ. He sees you, he knows your pain, but don't waste that pain, don't waste that moment and just let it fall or, or grow bitter. But instead, as we continue to look towards Christ and say, God, where are you in this situation? How are you working and how do you wanna use me in this moment? Let it all be for your glory. But we can ignore these things, can't we? We have that choice. We have free will. We can ignore and just continue. Or we can act on them. We can trust God. We can hit the waypoints. And eventually we will arrive at the right destination, at the perfect destination that he has called us to. New life. New walk, new goals. Those, that is, those are the good news for 2022, for you and for me. Just think about what 2022 could hold for us. You guys have been praying and, and just asking God, God, what's this? What's, what's ahead for this year? <laughs> Can you give me a glimpse? Can you give me a peek? Something, something to work with. It was interesting because as I was preparing and and I'm just going to say this. You know, I, I, I felt like God was, what he said to me was one word. And one word was this, and it was more. And what I took from that, and this is not scripture. You can take this and chew it up and spit it out, whatever you want to do with it. But I'm not talking about more because I think in the sense of, I think, you know, a lot of even maybe preachers would want to preach, you know, more, more prosperity and more this and more that. For me, it was more capacity and more of Jesus in my life and in this church. I don't care about more people. The elders are going to maybe not be happy, but I don't care about more money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about the more and that, those, those things that are just, they're, they're not eternal. I just want to know Jesus more and I want to know what his, his plan and his will and I want him to give the capacity for myself and for us as a church to walk things out in this, this year in such a way that, that people everywhere know that something is, is happening here. There's something different going on here 
Not that it can't happen in other churches. We're not special in that way. But that's my prayer this year. That God will give us a heart just for his word. That God will give us a heart for our relationship with him. And, and that we would just say, God, give us more opportunity to share the gospel with people. And let us follow through on those opportunities. As we prepare to, to close this morning, I want to just give just a few moments for a time of response. And if you just bow your heads for a moment. <clears throat> you know what? We're going to be bold today. And I'm going to start with, with a new life. And if you're here in this place and God has spoken to you today or, or you feel like, you know what, today is the day or this is the year that I want to truly dedicate my life to Jesus and allow him to come into my life and be Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to be bold. Would you stand where you're at? Because I want to pray for you. I'm not, we're not going to do anything funky or weird. We just want to pray. If that's you, just give a few moments. Thank you. Anybody else? Don't pass. let this moment pass by. Why not start this year? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. We're going to start this year right, church. And I'm not going to rush through this. Anyone else at all? If you want this new life and you want to know Jesus in this way, And if you're online, I encourage you to, to say something to one of the, the people in the chat there. Let's pray. I want to pray for you. Father, God, I thank you for these people who have stood. God, who have said, Lord, they want this new life. That they want new life in you. They want, Lord, to experience the depths, Father God, the fullness of life with you. God, I pray for them. I pray, Lord, if they haven't done so yet, that, God, that they would confess, Lord, their sin, that they would acknowledge you as Lord and Savior, and they truly would step in to a full relationship with you. For some, Lord, maybe it's a rededication of their lives. But, God, you have called us to more than just religion. God, as we saw this, this man, Nicodemus, Lord, God, he couldn't make that step. He was doing all the things right. But the greatest, most important piece was, was that he, he didn't allow Jesus to be Lord of his life. God, I thank you for these people who have stood and said, Lord, I want this for myself. So if you all, everyone in this room, just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you would just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. Please come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Please be Lord over all. Amen. I want to speak to another group today as your heads are bowed. Maybe some of you here are, are looking for this new walk this, to be better this year, to, to get things focused again where you need to be. And 
If that's you in this place, I'd ask you to stand where you, where you are. And I want to pray for you. Maybe, maybe you are a Christian. And maybe you need to get serious and, and make things right with God today. Today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> what better way to start a new year? What better way to begin than to say, Lord, I know you are Savior. I know you are Lord. And I've made mistakes. But this was going to be the year. And, and from this point on, I want to follow you with all my heart. See a few of you. Anyone else want to stand? Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for these beautiful individuals, these beautiful people, Lord God, who you created. God, for these people that have professed you as Lord and Savior, but God, again, Lord, their walk maybe has struggled. Maybe they've not walked close to you. Maybe, maybe they've pursued other things, but God, let this be the day, God, where their walk changes, where they are recognized, Lord, as, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. And God, that they would stand to be counted as a privilege. God, I thank you for those that are standing. I thank you for those watching online today who are, are, are again, Lord, wanting to walk this out, Lord God, in a way that they never have. God, to touch them, be with them now, draw close to them, Lord, in these moments and in, in this year ahead and, and what lies ahead. God, may they know you, Lord, not as, as, as on the pages, Lord, of, of, a, of a book, but God, that they would know you as Lord and Savior in a very personal and real way. God, that they would walk with you and know you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Finally, I'd ask you all to stand. And I'm going to be bold enough that I think all of us need to be reminded of what God has called us to. So I'd like to pray for all of us now today. If you'd bow your heads. Father God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for every person online that's watching. God, I thank you that no one is here, Lord, by chance today. But that, God, you have ordained that. You have brought this for this purpose and this reason. God, I pray that you would bring clarity, Father God. That you would bring, again, the clearness, Father, to see what it is that you called each one of us to. God, the lives that you have put around us, Lord, that, that we have the privilege to touch on a daily basis. God, may we be truly a light in a dark world. God, may we be, Lord, uh, again, uh, carriers of the good news, Lord, of Jesus Christ, Lord, to those around us. God, may this be the year where we see many come to you, many come to faith, God, I pray, Lord, for this church this year. I pray for this body of believers this year, Lord God, that if we grow numerically, Lord God, that it is people that have come to Christ, that it is new believers that have, because somebody here has shared the good news and led someone to Christ and brought them, Lord, here to be a part of this community. God, stir our souls, stir our hearts, Father God. Remove calluses, Lord God, on our hearts where they've grown. God, if there's places we've grown cold, Lord God, rekindle that flame, Father God, that we would go out, we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ, God, that we would love our neighbors, Father God. 
that we would love our enemies. God, that we would pray for them. And God, I thank you, Lord, for, for what you have in store, Father. God, I thank you, Lord, that where those of us have gotten stalled at the, the, the way marker, Father, God, that you would again reorient ourselves and our, 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 our eyesight spiritually, Lord God, to what it is that you're wanting us to, to, to get to, to our destination. God, we ask for forgiveness, Lord, where we've turned aside or, or maybe stayed stagnant, Father. Breathe new life into us today, Lord. Let our hearts be full, Lord. And let our voices be united, Father God, in lifting up praise and worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen.